I'm doing her here with Michael Vincent, the dude. <laughs> hey, hey, good Monday afternoon, everybody from Freight Alley. A little chilly, a little rainy out there, but it's going to get nicer this week. Almost took out my mic with my bat. Yo, my, you <laughs> did you have a nice out. Easter weekend? Did you have a nice I, Easter weekend? I did. I grilled, I relaxed, I rejoiced, uh, family. It was awesome. You have like 600 bunnies at your house, too, so it was a big day for Six, them. Well, 500 and Five, 500 bunnies. Yeah, very busy. They multiply quickly. They do, yeah. They multiply quickly. Well, we got to bring pets, too. So <laughs> it was it, over here at 18th. If you ever come to Chattanooga, over at AT&T Field, right over there. Yeah, It's where the Chattanooga Lookouts play. They're minor league team. They're a Reds affiliate, and they had dog day at the park. Check it out. Brought uh, my little doggy with me, little Miss Muppet over there. She joined and watched the game with us. Right on. Wasn't too crowded being an Easter. So you had like all the section you want in the in the GAs up Love there. It. Left the cat at home. Enjoyed some America's pastime and it's, sniffed in the grass. It's awesome. St- I love minor league because when you yell, you know the ump can hear you. Of course. Right? I used to heckle Joey Votto when he played there. I bet you did. I <laughs> bet you did. sat right next to first base and called him a slouch. Hey. Right before he came rookie of the year in the MLB. <laughs> we had a great day on Friday, too. After the show, you know, we've been, Nicolai, some may call us haters. Some may call us doubters. Yeah, I but don't know about that. When you tell us that right here in Chattanooga, there's a Nicola Trey fully battery operational, and we can take a ride in it, we sure want to. Let's take a look at yeah, some of these yeah. picks. There it is, live and in the fresh. These are like Iveco. Iveco? Iveco. They're uh, European Iveco. trucks. Iveco? Yeah. Yeah. They're a yeah. European truck that Nikola has converted. They, they they say they've put some of their technology in there. Um, I think we also have a – yeah, there you can see. You can see some of its DNA and its lineage right there. Inside the vehicle, very Spartan, Michael Vincent, but comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just a couple of screens up there. Press yeah. a button. I'm like, is it on? Yeah. We're you on. got to take a ride in it. Let's take I a look did. at that. How did, did. It, how did that feel? I, you know, it was really good when he first started off. I think, man, this thing is slow. And then watch this thing just speed up and it snaps your neck a little bit right there. Boom. Oh, yeah. It's it got that EV pickup, right? Yeah, that EV pickup is unbelievable. That was a quarter throttle, JP, our driver said. Uh, I was worried about you, too. I didn't, I didn't want to have to push you back. No, we I'm just kidding. Launched. No, we'll have, we'll have a few review, a full review of uh, our driving experience when we do the segment. But initial brief impressions, cool to actually finally see one of these on the road. Um, yep. Interesting to hear who is interested in it. We cannot say that, but we're interested. It was curious to hear who is interested in having these on there. Still not necessarily ready for a prime time for a mass market. Uh, no. I think that it's a very specialized type of, type of circumstance. You're obviously coming in to be kind of a beta tester of the technology at this point. Yeah, high interest uh, beta test. I think it's 90 days long or something like that. I don't know. It's uh, But very, very interesting. Very cool to drive in it, though, finally. Well, on Friday, right. I'm go- well, Thursday night, I'm flying down to Austin, Texas. And Friday, Sweet. I'm going to Hylion on Earth Day. Yeah. And I will take a test ride. I'm going to meet Thomas over there. Thomas. Healy, the CEO and founder. We're going to have a little interview. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take a ride in one of their hydrogen trucks, and I'll see what that offering has. We'll get some video, and I'll report back on that, too. Sweet. You know, he's like 12 feet tall. He is like 12 feet tall, and if he can fit in there, there's got to be plenty of, plenty of leg room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, on today's episode, we're talking about the hottest topic in freight. That's right, truck fires. We'll learn how to prevent, mitigate, and ensure against this burning issue. Trucking influencer Pamela Robinson of the New Drivers Advocate. She talks about her charity, Sunshine for Truckers, building a brand behind the wheel. We'll see some of her awesome TikToks and uh, maybe how to make some cash 
as well. I love featuring these creators. So if you're one on TikTok, Instagram, you're really blowing up, you're driving behind the wheel, let us know. Happy to have you on and uh, expose you to our audience. And I thought John, oh man, go back to Friday's episode if you missed it, but we had uh, John on and he, yeah, uh, he's hilarious, Tori on TikTok and he, young kid, just out of the Navy, um, he's been trucking now for a little over a year. He said, you know, on the boats, he got to see like all the blue seas of the world. But what got him behind the wheel was seeing all these different TikTok trucking influencers. It's really cool how we sort of turned that corner. A new generation of drivers is being lured in by uh, people like uh, Pamela. It, it, it really was. She's got some epic merch, too, by the way. She sure <laughs> does. Because I wanted to check that stuff out. But sure yeah, does. very cool that TikTok inspired him to go into the into trucking. Very I think cool. it is. I think it is. And we're going to see more and more of that. Obviously, better trucking yeah. heroes being developed on online social media platforms than on like mainstream movies, right? Like, sure. when's the last trucking hero? Uh, I was going to say Tony Hawk. Well, Liam Hawk. Neeson. I just was watched that Tony Hawk documentary on HBO. But he wasn't a hero. He's like, he was like abusive to his, his like, brother, uh, who had, like, was like mentally challenged. Fishborn. Well, he went long enough in there. Yeah. I don't know. But. Black Dog, Patrick Swayze? Maybe. And it's Lincoln Hawk. Uh, All right, let's tip yeah. the band. Autonomous yeah, trucks are okay. coming with a huge potential windfall. If you're ready to seize it, start reengineering your supply chain today for autonomy. Contact Locomation at Tell em, dude. Hey, go to locomation.ai for turnkey solutions right after this show. Headlines. <laughs> All right, it was an Easter yes. miracle. The Ever Forward has been... Resurrected. That's right. <laughs> nice. Kim Link Willis reports the Ever Forward was refloated in Maryland's Chesapeake Bay on Sunday, 35 days after it ran aground shortly after sailing from the port of Baltimore. Did it get stuck on the way back to, to the port? Again? Yeah. I, <laughs> well, they were taking it to Anchorage or something like that, weren't they? So a thousand ninety foot foot long Ever Forward built in 2020. It was only had 4,964 containers on yeah. it. That doesn't sound like a ton of these days, right? Got it, ran aground March 13th. The laden ship was stuck in the mud, and two earlier efforts to refloat the container ship were unsuccessful because salvage crews were not able to overcome the ground force of the Ever Forward in its loaded condition, the Coast Guard said, dredging at 43 feet. My friend, mm-hmm. and they used barges to take off 500 containers of the vessels, and they returned those back to the uh, Secret Marine yeah, Terminal. Finally, got the tooth loose with the help yep. of those two pulling barges, taking that tooth out. Those six tugs, the Everford was freed around 7 a.m. on Sunday. But this begs the question: Now we got to set the odds. Ah. For the next evergreen vessel forwarding. Let's take a look at some of these ship names here. We'll see which one's the best candidate. You got a pick. lot here. You got like Ever Lucid, Ever Lunar, Ever Living. Oh, what in the Ever Living Hell? Ever Lovely. Uh, ever Useful, Ever Unity. My personal favorite, the Ever Uranus. What do you what do you uh, think would be the best one to get lodged? Well, in? Uh, aside from the Ever Uranus, Uranus. I, I think it's too <laughs> obvious. I think that's like a one to one. I'm going to take uh, uh, Ever Learned because they just soon they never learn. They're not learning. Then right? you get the it's easy too ironic. Head, too ironic and a good ed, good headline. Yeah. How about viewers? Which one? Which Evergreen vessel will be the next one to get stuck? Give us some suggestions. We'll develop some odds on this one. <laughs> oh man, you can only laugh, right? What are you supposed to do instead, Michael? Well, yeah, I mean, cry? Dude, when it gets so bad, sometimes you just throw up your arms and ride that. You just say uh, that's it. Ride that roller coaster that's right just down. the way life is. It's it. So this is an interesting one. George's governor, he's declared a supply yeah. chain state of emergency. Is this like the echo of last year or something? Mark Solomon reports Governor <laughs> Brian Kemp, he has declared what was described as supply chain state of emergency, thus becoming the first governor to respond in such yeah. a manner to the state supply chain challenges. Kemp's executive order, which went into effect on Saturday, runs until May 16. It bans price gouging on goods and services such as diesel fuel and gasoline. That's cool. It allows trucks with a gross vehicle weight, um, 
of 9,500 pounds and with a maximum width of 10 feet to operate on Georgia state and local roads. The state's current gross weight limit is 80,000 pounds, like most places, and the maximum width of five axle trucks is eight feet, five inches. Yeah, it's crazy. It also, it says the hours of service is going to be suspended, that the federal rules and regulations limiting hours that operate, uh, operators of commercial vehicles may drive are suspended to ensure the supply chain for all supply goods and services throughout Georgia is uninterrupted. N- not Very on... interesting. Not this is interesting. an interstates, though, right? No, only local state, l- only state, roads local state roads and local roads. Is that because that's where they only have the power? I, I imagine that might be okay. it. So it doesn't help you if you're going through Georgia. The federal interstates, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess they're federal uh, interstates. What's going on so in Sonos? So, so what is going let's on? Let's take in a look, see what he's trying to correct here. This is uh, so this is the OTRI view in, in Sonar. They were up on tender rejection views. Tell you how how, how tight capacity is. Uh, and 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 I got it pulled up for Atlanta here. I don't see anything crazy. It's like nine percent there. Uh, you see some uh, what does nine percent mean? Nine percent of the loads are being rejected right now. It's fairly low. I mean, it's pretty I mean it's, lower it's not than a national average, isn't it? It's lower than the uh, a national average and it's one of, and it is the biggest uh it goes back and forth with ontario but it's the biggest market out there like there's we were in the nothing crisis. crazy going on there when we were in the crisis we were looking at like 20 25 oh, yeah. percent and up rejection oh, yeah. rates so nine oh, yeah. percent is not no and the trend is though. is down i've you can see on the trends charts underneath there in the bottom right hand corner that both reefer and uh and dry van are, are trending down as far as the tightness. There's more yeah. and more capacity that's there. There's nothing crazy going on there. If we take the next chart, though, and, and look at this, this is Savannah. So I had the biggest market, Atlanta, in the country and in, obviously in Georgia. And then Savannah, which is the port there, to see what's doing there. You see all that red? Yeah. That's loosening capacity, my friend. The, 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 everything is loose there and, and moving. Um, How about the next chart though, with the wait time ones? I got some green on there. Is that good? Yeah, so I looked at the wait time. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> Actually, bad. wait time is good for drivers okay. on this. The okay. green is better. Yes. But I, I put it against the national average, and you know, the time suck meter showed uh, Tampa last week at 335. Yeah. You're talking 115 minutes there in, in, in Atlanta, which doesn't even What's get the national into detention. National average is what, uh, 115, I think? So there, it's right at it's the It's right average? there, a little bit above it. A little okay. bit above it. Not bad. The only thing I can think of here is next chart. If we pull up this next chart, there's the port and what's coming into the port, right? Okay. You're talking about 34%, uh, 34.5% up in ocean shipments coming up in the next seven days. These are booked out. That is coming still, not even stuffed yet coming. 40, almost 44% up in uh, actual TEUs. Yeah. So volume coming in is, is pretty good, and it's one of the only ports in the U.S. where the TEUs are outpacing shipments, means larger shipments coming in there. Couple of points right. that were uh, brought up. So Greg said, uh, Craig Fuller, our CEO and founder, he said this is going to increase dispatchable capacity in Georgia, which should keep a lid on trucking rates for producing for produce hauling out of the state. So. Uh, be mindful of that with ah, the hours of service changer. Rooster says, uh, Rooster from Back the Truck Up, he said, um, it's, not the, it's not the Megas who are going to jump into this immediately. It's the, it's the OOs. The Megas might stay away because yeah. of, uh, for sure. insurance reasons, they, sure. they don't like to jump into these regulation things and, and disrupt their routes. But the OOs should be all over this. But they're probably going to drive down those rates. Now they can pull more loads because that's the way freight works. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's not exactly good news for them. It's easier, I guess, pulling the heavier loads. Uh, the only thing I think of is that overweight coming out of the port and helping that. Because why be. go to ninety five thousand? It's not like a container or a regular dry van can take ninety five thousand of poundage. No, it's that, like right? well, there was the, who was the governor in Louisiana? It was like we can solve the the supply crisis by having 
um, trucks pull doubles of intermodal containers, of shipping containers. Like, oh, but you could put 100,000 pounds on those. A gantry cane and that container will handle 100,000 pounds. I know, but pounds. I'm talking about a truck pulling doubles. Oh, I know. What no bridge, show me pulls... a bridge around here that's going to take that weight. That, you can't do that. <laughs> no, I don't tell, think tell so. Tell me a dray driver who wants to do that either. <laughs> yeah, Here's one last story. This is a good one, too. Town of Brodus saves truckers, right? Rooster, he has a report on that over on backthetruckup.com, backthetruckup.com, which is live now. Plenty of articles on there. He says, welcome to Brodus, Montana, a small town of about 500 people found another 500 people added to its residency as all these truck drivers got stuck in this wicked bad storm last Wednesday. That's absolutely crazy. Six, four to six foot snow drifts and 40 mile per hour winds, which is probably not all that yeah. bad in that in there, but at this time of year, it's pretty bad. It battered the drivers, livestock, the residents of small towns. They have no amenities there for yeah. people coming Who through. Who helped them out? You just blow through it. So the church there, Faith Bible Church, cook was cooking meals and uh, feeding these people and had cots going on inside their uh, inside the facilities there for the people. So the locals came out and made stuff happen for them. Love to see it. And they got absolutely. Quick. I mean, it's easy to just stay home and shovel your own driveway in a blizzard, but this sure. whole town just stepped up. The church stepped up. Uh, Brodus and Montana D.O.T. Cruise. They got the roads cleared and back open Thursday afternoon. Um, Rooster said he's glad these fine folks did it. And if you really want these driver perspective articles, go check out backthetruckup.com. Let's talk about something that I've been seeing more and more headlines though. Truck fires, right? Yeah. Where are all these truck fires happening? I actually just saw my buddy Mac Lovin. He was, I think we even have a picture of a truck fire, but I was was just talking to my buddy (laughs) Mac Lovin. He parked, he was parked in a truck parking lot the other night and he had a truck set up on fire right behind him. It's like the worst thing you want to wake up to. Yeah. Now, right what is doing that? I mean, I've heard I don't of brakes catching on fire every once in a while when well, I was doing it. I have a specialist here. We don't have oh, to even okay. guess. We, don't have we to can guess. ask him. We All have right. Adam Holloway. a fire right investigator on. at Travelers Investigative Services. He can give us some insight. But before we begin, Adam, tell us a little bit about yourself, and thank you for joining us on What the Truck. Hey, good morning, guys. Thank you hey. for having me. Um, so um, a little bit of background about myself. I grew up working on vehicles, pretty much anything with an engine, uh, and worked in the family business, starting twisting wrenches, believe it or not, in third grade. Um, so up in the Northeast during my senior year of high school, you know, in the dead of winter, it's freezing and you get under a vehicle and you get snow and sand and everything dropping on you and all that good stuff. And I had an epiphany and said, you know what, I, I really don't want to do this the rest of my life and uh, decided to go to college and get a job where I didn't get dirty every day. Um, so fast forward 22 years, went to college, got my bachelor's degree in fire and explosion investigation, uh, get this awesome career going. But unfortunately, I get 10 times dirtier than when I was working on on vehicles and twisted wrenches. And ironically, especially in automotive and truck fires. So I landed at Travelers in our fire forensic fire investigation team, uh, working primarily out of the Northeast, doing structured vehicle and truck fires. So that's that's me in a nutshell. Well, your DNA is great for this topic, no doubt about it, Adam. Lots of lots of good stuff in the behind there, so thank you for that. And welcome to the show. Let's talk about this uh, very hot topic of truck fires. What is going on there? What are the most common ones? Right. So the industry, uh, I think, as you guys just alluded to, is, is seeing a lot more of these truck fires since the pandemic started. You know, in reality, these things can be pretty terrifying for the driver. They look out the rearview mirror, see their trailer on fire. Or even worse, as they're running down the road, the flames actually start licking out of the from under the hood of the windshield, and um, you know that that that's a pretty awful experience. Um, in doing these all the time, we've identified some a few factors contributing to the increase. Uh, I'd like to share with your audience. And sure. reality is, they all circle back to preventative maintenance. So the first one, and I don't think I have to say this too awfully loud to you guys, is 
we have a shortage of experienced drivers. Um, that seems to be a problem that's getting worse in this industry. Even trucking companies um, need to start asking themselves if they hire the right person to properly use their equipment, or are they training them on how to use the equipment? You know, things like background checks, um, have they been properly trained? Are they fresh out of school? You know, a big one is, do they know enough to know when to stop and call someone? Or for that matter, are they, you know, are they willing to say, no, nah, I'm, I'm not going to run that thing like that down the road? So that, that's a big one. So the biggest one, and I, I can't stress this enough, is are these drivers properly conducting the pre-trip inspections? So that, that's really where the rubber meets the, the road in terms of preventing these things from the driver perspective. And the second thing is we have a, a top-down issue repairs uh, may not be happening. Uh, this, you know, primarily has to do with the pressure of the supply chain right now. There's an onus on the, for the, getting the trucks back on the road as quickly as possible. And seeing that may lead to foregoing some of the preventive maintenance items. You know, the techs might be, might be saying, well, let's, let's get it just enough to go down the road. I, I call this the, uh, and I stole this from someone else, the, the letter wobble situation. You know, and how ironic is it the trucking industry is impacted by the supply chain issue itself? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, when, if you just asked me this without me doing any research, I would say the reason for an increase in truck fires would be because maintenance cycles are taking yeah. longer due to the parts shortage. People just don't want to take their trucks off the road. Almost every driver we talk to shares that issue. Are there any other? And it, it's also interesting that you said a lot of these. Is that right? Did I hear you right? A lot of these truck fires are just down to user error and not doing that pre-trip? Well, that that seems to be the commonality that I've seen over the years is that really is um, it can be identified a lot easier at that level. Um, I mean, these guys in the trucks all the time, right? So doing these pre trips, you can you can identify and and bringing this information to their to light is um, and identifying these things. They can start looking for them to know how to prevent them. That's really a huge issue is preventing them. So what should our listeners, like, what should they keep in mind when it comes to these truck fires? You know, you hear fire, you start getting nervous. So I'm sure a lot of drivers listening are going to start <laughs> yeah, looking around absolutely. their truck and people who own trucks are going to be like, yeah, uh, their ears are perking up. So what should we be looking out for here? Right. So, you know, when you look at the industry, we have three kind of big ticket items that we see most common for these fires. And they're the issues stemming from tire fires, tires, brakes, and wire chafing. Um, the biggest one is, is tire fires. So, um, you know, the usual sequence of events is the, the tire goes flat going down the road. I mean, we've all seen as you're going down the road, the, the chunks of tires all over the, all over the highway. That happens quite often. Usually when things start to get warmer out, you start to see that more often. You know, and then we have the sequence of events where the tire's flat, it's running down the road, tire goes apart, you get the steel belt, start whipping around. They get real hot from, from the friction of going down the road like that they start to ignite the tire and those tires are these big huge fuel loads and they burn as as i'm sure a lot of people have seen they burn really hot and they burn for a really long time so once that occurs things go really south from there so along those same lines brake fires um, those are pretty much similar because of the sequence of events you've got the the, the brake failing either from over braking while the driver or a mechanical failure issue, again, going back to the preventive maintenance, doing maintenance on your brake stuff, they stick, and then it starts to generate a whole bunch of uh, friction, heats up those tires, and again, going back to the tire fire, away we go with that. So the third issue 
And it's not usually something that um, people think of, but it's really a pre-trip thing that drivers can identify is the wire chafing issue. So, you know, diesels vibrate just as a normal course of the way they work. You get these wires that are vibrating and chafing. And then say with like a, a, a battery, you've got all that energy that's stored up in your batteries for your truck that shorts on a, on like a 12 or 24 volt cable. Now you have all that energy from that battery going right into that short. And it really gets, um, gets spicy real quick when you have a, uh, something of that magnitude fail. So those are really the, the things to look out for is tires, brakes, and making sure that we don't have those chafing issues. Mm, yeah, exposed wires. So are those all those are all things that you can put on your pre-trip inspection as safety yeah. items, and then they have to be done. So uh, uh, right before it can go on, it has to be signed off on. Isn't that correct, Adam? You know, anything else we can do to mitigate uh, also as well, like mitigate that doesn't, uh, you know, you're from an insurance company, so I imagine there's some kind of insurance you, you could uh, apply to this as well. Should we be thinking about our coverage here too? Uh, I, I don't know that I would be thinking about coverage. I think, you know, it's really just having these these thoughts in your mind about how to make sure that we prevent this and making sure that, yeah. you know, nobody wants a truck fire, obviously. Right. It's not a good experience to go through. So it, it's really preventing that stuff. And again, what you're just saying about the pre-trip, yeah, that's that's exactly, I think that is one of the hugest things other than the shop doing the preventive maintenance is is these drivers identifying these things and, and taking uh, steps to make sure that that doesn't happen. Right. Well, Adam, thank you for these in, important insights on, on truck fires. Uh, before we let you go, Ed, any, any other, any last things, any last words to say that we might've missed here? Yeah. I just like to reiterate the preventive maintenance and, and, and the industry as a whole created a culture of safety with that high priority of preventive maintenance that will really save all sorts of time and, and headaches down the road not to skip on that PM stuff. Very, very wise, very sage advice, Adam. We appreciate it. Thank you. uh, Thank you to you and travelers for coming on and giving uh, all of us some advice on what to do about this uh, escalating problem of the the, uh, fires, truck fires. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. With the growth of the Loves and Speedco nationwide network, Tire Pass has evolved in delivery method, always meeting the needs of your drivers wherever they may be. Whether in lane at Loves Travel Stops inside a truck care or, or Speedco service center, or at an on-site terminal, making Tire Pass part of your driver's pre-trip inspection, we were just talking about those, can inform them of the related concerns. To learn more about Tire Pass, please visit... Hey, go to loves.com. Yeah, I mean, he was talking about trial roads, but this is a good reason to stop by Loves as, as well, what he was just talking about. Oh, heck, about. yeah, absolutely. He's absolutely talking about the tires is one of the biggest things. I said brakes, but he says tires. Wow, yeah, Transfix crazy. is modernizing the way freight moves nationwide. The Transfix Intelligent Freight Platform combines a digital freight marketplace, intuitive software, and dedicated experts to drive performance for your modern supply chain. Get a free quote at Tone. Hey, go to transfix.io immediately after the show. All right. Now, if you're on TikTok and if you went on there, you were listening to our amazing guest we had on Friday. Maybe you're looking around at John. You're looking for other trucking influencers. You love what John had to say. Well, if you missed out on Pamela, baby, you missed out. But you're in luck because she's here with us today. Before we bring her up, let's take a look at some of her uh, her little TikToks here. Let's see what she's talking about behind the wheel. Make dreaming about the best fuel card a reality. You can only use that card at the same truck stop. Don't use that card. It has monthly fees and transaction fees. Don't use that card. It doesn't give us a discount on fuel. Can't get repairs with that card. Stop! Wake up, owner, operators, and fleet owners. Sign up today at A to B.com. It's Truck and Trivia Tuesday. You got two seconds to answer correctly. What does the term all locked up mean? 
And exactly what would you like me to do with that information? It is not my fault that you ate Taco Bell. It means the waste station is closed. When you hear the term double nickel, what does it mean? 55 miles per hour. And with today's fuel prices, I understand. Just don't do it in the left lane. What does commercial company mean? No, it doesn't mean Mega Carrier, Warner, or Schneider. It means you mad now for paying the 40 when you know she would have gave it to you for the 10. What do you do when you hear Kojak with the Kodak? Slow that down. I don't give a if you got a Fred Flintstone that Law enforcement is out there with a radar. Oh, yeah, sure. You knew. You knew. Let's get this. Let's top of the morning, 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 top of the morning. Hold on. Let's get this. Let's get this. I told you I'm just trying to chill, bro, and you keep on. Let's figure out. That's awesome stuff. It's Pamela Robinson. She's the new driver's advocate. She's Pamela Baby on on TikTok and on social media. And she's sitting right now. It looks like she might be in her sleeper even. Hi, Pamela. What's up? Hi. I'm just, I'm busy laughing right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, so the the piece of advice that John, we had a TikToker on on Friday, TikTok and Chugger, yeah. and he's been doing it for a little while. And uh, we said, what kind of advice would you have for people out there looking to start getting into the content game? And he was like, first of all, if you're trying to make funny TikToks and you're not laughing at them, no one else is. That was like his first piece of advice. Ah, uh, yes. I totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, I introduce totally agree. Well, introduce yourself. You are up to a lot. Like you can go, you have charities going on. You got social media going on. You even got a shop going on. But let's start with you. What are you all about? I'm all about people. <laughs> Making people laugh. That is the game. It There's is. nothing else to tell. Well, Pamela. <laughs> enjoy. I love making people laugh. Well, you're a winner. You're, I mean, you're a winner at that game. You're also a truck driver, right? I believe you're, you're in your truck right now, aren't you? Yeah, I'm an owner-operator. Yeah, you know, I got I got two out of those right. They answer in two seconds. Yeah. I don't know what that makes me. I missed the commercial company, and I missed the all locked up. I swear it should have been Taco Bell. I think that was the right answer, actually. But So how, <laughs> how long have you been driving for, and what made you get into this uh, game of TikTok? Uh, I've been driving for three and a half years, and I started um, on YouTube. And I knew instantly um, because I watched the market. I was like, you know, there's not a lot of females in trucking that would want to go in and create content. But, of course, you want to make money. And my thing was, why can't we get those endorsements? Why can't we, we're out on the road? We're cross country. There's lots and tons and tons of products that we can actually, uh, how should I say, it? endorse and sure. promote. So that was the initial reason why I got into um, uh, content creating. So I started at, with TikTok, um, YouTube, and then I went on to TikTok, of course, when it came on after. So to me, what I'm seeing, though, in this, this movement on social media of drivers who are taking control of their brand and building their brands is 
Many of you are doing a far better job of being the new marketers in this industry yeah. than a lot of carriers are and a lot of brands are. They don't know how to reach people. And I think for so long, people were like so buttoned up about freight. And it's like, you can hear it a lot. Like when executive talks about truck drivers, they're like, thank a truck driver today. I sure love a truck driver. Thank you for moving America. But it sounds like really superficial, right? Yeah. And it sounds like really pandering. When you're hearing like real driver voices and the real world of what you do out there, it's really resonating with people, is it not? Absolutely. And I'll tell you why. Because I think censorship has changed and we are real truck drivers. Truck drivers are, I'm not going, I don't want to say stereotypical, but we are more lax. We are more laid back. This mm. is our, it's a lifestyle. It's not an actual job. So you can't market to that, that particular community if you don't understand it. So I think that's why we do a better job at it. I think I think you're right, and I would I would agree. I would think that truck drivers have been stereotyped, and you're breaking those down right now. I mean, you can just see that SNL, like the Saturday Night Live, people. that was a weekend ago, yeah. and it's like you know, it's a it's a white guy, like you know, oh, you know, it's, it's yeah. the same stereotype of what everyone's supposed to be. And pe people like yourself, Ingrid Brown's out there, all these new drivers, right. Joe Coy, they are just changing the game. Ab absolutely, but uh, maybe getting ahead of us, I'm not I'm not sure here. But you said, of course, from YouTube to TikTok when it came on. Why, of course? Tell some up-and-comers why that is, of course, an illogical move to make. Um, in today's time, everyone wants the information right now. They yeah. want it quickly. Yeah. YouTube was a plat is a platform. If you want to do, you want to give information in a, in a longer format, then that's cool. But right now, TikTok is the trend. Um, yeah. If you are creative. Stuff, you, you you have the means to get the information and to make people laugh within five to seven seconds. And it's oh, just yeah. easier. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, time on TikTok, too, is that a much... Ra a, a, a second in TikTok is way more expensive than on YouTube, on a podcast, yeah. any other kind of media. You can't just have long delays or just think about stuff on TikTok. You got to smash cut the S out of that shit. Yeah, it's got to be why'd right I, now, right? Why did I censor right? myself once then went with it anyway? I don't know. I don't know. It's the way I like it. <laughs> That's the way I like. Let's get, into something, let's get into, we'll, we'll get back to this, but I want to get into something important. And this is your okay. sunshine for oh, truckers. Because yeah. I was looking through this charity, and I thought it was really, really interesting. And I was wondering if your relatively recent background of getting into trucking, I believe I read in your bio, was maybe 2018, if that helped inform what you wanted to do with this charity. Um, well, my, my background is social services. Before I, I became a truck driver, I, I did that for 11 years. So once I got into um, the trucking community, I already had it in my mind. I needed to find out what were the needs so I could create a charity of my own. So that was always the goal. But of course, I had to get in it to see what were the needs. And once I established what one of the needs were, then I developed Sunshine. I, I founded Sunshine for Truckers. Um, and it helps me to remain tied to the nonprofit charitable community, because which is a passion of mine as well. So I just had to find a way to merge the two. Mm. I love it. I love the passion for it as as well. What so talk about some of the service that that you guys provide? Okay, so if you are on a trainer's truck and you're over the road and you're out of your home state, um, if you are in need of a hot meal, you need a shower, or if you just don't, you know, drivers tend to change their mind once they get into trucking. They don't really mm. do their homework. They don't understand that. 
it's a it's it's a culture shock once you get on that trainer's truck. Mm-hmm. And some people just want to go home. Or they may get into it, you know, where the trainer is disgruntled, the company may not be a perfect fit, and they need to get home, and they are miles and miles away from home. They don't have the means to get a bus ticket home. They can reach out to Sunshine for Truckers, and we'll get them home. So those are the three points, but I also offer mental health tips and driver's resources. What, what do you think is the biggest issue in mental health for drivers right now? I find it, you, I'm curious you mentioned that. We've been keying in on this on a few different shows recently, but in your mind, running a nonprofit, what do you think the biggest sort of mental health issue is at the moment? Anxiety. Definitely anxiety. anxiety. And I, I experienced it myself. Um, again, coming into trucking is a culture shock. I'll, I'll, give you my, I'll give you myself as an example. I'm from Florida. We don't have any mountains. We don't have much traffic contrary to what people believe because once you go out to other major cities you you really see miami has very not much traffic um we don't have major weather conditions the climates is pretty much either it's raining or it's not so to go from that to now i'm into the mountains um your mind has a way of playing tricks on you making you think that it's bigger than what it actually is so most drivers tend to suffer from anxiety um, I've experienced it myself. Yeah, and as you're going out there, you're you're if you, especially as an owner operator, you're out there, you're making your own living. You're out there in the great United States, and if this is your first time running through that type of stuff, you need that support from other people. To hey, you got to keep trucking. No, I mean, well, pun intended, I guess. But you know, you got to keep trucking, keep moving on, and, and get that next load, right? Absolutely, I I I, I believe in baby steps. Baby steps. If yeah. if you have to put that truck in and, and do a reset, 15, 20 minute reset, by all means do that. Drive within your skill set. Um, I think that's a lot. We we are under a lot of pressure to get the load from point A to point B without checking in with ourselves, and that's a problem. Now before before we move off the charity, if people want to donate to the charity and support that, where do we send them to for the charity side of what you do? They can visit sunshineforchuckers.org. Uh, it is a 501c3 recognized by the IRS. So within the extent of the law, uh, donations are tax deductible. Now, Pamela, awesome. you mentioned something. You mentioned your, your, your TikTok creating content, get in that money. It's good money in the influencer game for drivers right now? Um, I would say for me it is. <laughs> <laughs> Market- yeah, I'm marketing myself to get those those ads and to get those brand endorsements because i mean i love creating content i really do i love trucking but i won't I, i'm not necessarily trying to do it for free yeah sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> hey do you but pamela do before we get too far into it do you find it is actually therapeutic for you to make this content absolutely yeah that's absolutely it's, it's the way i socialize I socialize through through social media, so absolutely, no doubt. Well, I, I I hear you, and it makes a ton of sense, especially you know with the downtime that that drivers have, or even if not, if you want to get your brand out there, you want to get your voice out there, your message, you got to start at social media. Yeah, My, yeah. regardless of what industry you're in, but especially in in trucking, truckers just seem to be doing a great job at it and finding the right. <laughs> connection points but how do you go about so let's say you're a trucker right and you're like man i got some opinions i'm sitting in the truck right now i got a cell phone Mm. i can start creating content um how do they go about getting themselves positioned to be an influencer though do it i I, you, you have to just start 
I mean, and that's the thing. I think a lot of people focus on the followers, how many followers they have. I've heard people say, I'm just boring. There is a audience for just boring. <laughs> you have to you can hone into, yeah, I mean, if you could just hone into being yourself, authentic, and um, get those juices flowing, it takes a while. And I think a lot of people don't have the patience. They want to see instant results, and it just doesn't work that way. Yeah. Is it? Is it so, uh, so along those lines of getting started, how did you come up with your content? Did you just go in there or did you worry about maybe offending people and crushing yourself before you started? Or is that one of those things that kind of holds people back? Yeah, I do worry about offending people. I do. Some things, I, and, and I use my conscience. I say, you know what, if, if I feel like, nah, this may be just a little bit too much, I won't post it. Mm. Um, because I do have to keep my brand endorsements in mind. You, I mean, at some extent, you know, so it's some things I just won't touch. I won't touch religion. I won't touch sexuality. I don't want to offend anyone. I don't. So if you read the comments on my page, a lot of times you won't, you won't really see anybody. You'll just see laughter. You won't see too much of negative, you know, you have your trolls, but that's yeah. the brand that I, I'm setting up that, you know, every and anybody can enjoy my content without being offended. No, I noticed that. Like, you go in on stuff, but it's not really mean-spirited. Like, you make jokes and everything. You don't really, like, censor yourself in terms of, like, swears and those kind of things. But there was nothing, like, I was watching there where I'm like, oh, wow. Like, I can't believe she went there on that group of people. You're not, like, mm. marginalizing people or, like, subjugating people. And you're staying away from the, the right things. The, the things you don't want people talking about over Easter, right? Like, that your idiot uncle talking about over Easter, that stuff. Um, you know, one thing I thought was really cool, and, I, and let me ask your opinion on this. So when we had John on, he said that he, he was in the Navy and he got into trucking. And the reason he did is because he saw TikTok and influencers like yourself on the platform and said, this looks like a good life for me. Do you think that y'all are making a nice impression for these drivers that are, or these, these young men or young women who are considering enjoying the field? Absolutely. Absolutely. I get emails. I get DMs. When I'm on my, I was on the live the other day. My my audience was trying to, I, I tell them all the time, you guys are ho trying to hold me hostage. I was on live for almost four hours. <laughs> because I have so many questions. Um, they just, you know, and I don't, I rarely go live. So when they get an opportunity to, to, to hold me, they, they do. Absolutely. You That's definitely are an yeah, you are. So talk about those influencers. How do you go from your impact and TikTok and social to that, uh, you know, those endorsements, that influencer money? You're actually that you're making about. that a brand. How do you make it a brand? Well, you have to start by promoting yourself. Pr promote, you have to start. Let me see how should I say it. Because if no one knows that's what you do, then they won't approach you. You may, ha you may have to start with working with, you know, some lower brands and doing it for free. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then once you get your name out there and you 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 become official, and I also believe in promoting brands with integrity. If it's not something that I wouldn't use, just because I promote trucking items and trucking pro, uh, pro products doesn't mean that we're a fit. Your brand still has to align with mine. I'm just not promoting anything. Why? Because my followers, they trust me. Mm -hmm. And my brand is worth um a couple of dollars a hundred thousand dollars whatever it is that you you, you know I, I charge well over 1500 you know per video but um yeah it's it's not worth it for me 
No, I hear you too. Because so, th- for for me, wow. I started doing the same thing. Like you know, you just you start partnering with people you align with. Uh, at first, the money doesn't matter as much. Get yourself ready to start taking those deals, negotiate those deals. Don't try. You don't have to land the biggest. It's like trying to go viral in one post. Don't right. try. You're not gonna get the big. You might not get the biggest deal the first right. time you're going out to get influencer money. But once you start doing it, people make a name for yourself. People know that you're open for business a little bit. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Very, very interesting. Exactly. Very interesting. But you came up like you even have a store now too, and you have a very distinct image. Like here's one of your t-shirts. Like where do you come up with something like this? Are you your art, your own art designer? Who's making this stuff for you? Me. Yeah. <laughs> I do it all. I do it all. Okay. I'm I'm getting to the point where I do need a team. Um, but I'm just so creative. That's my outlet. Um, that picture was taken uh about three years ago when I first got into trucking and you know, of course the guys loved it. So I just was like, Hey, let me go ahead and put it on a t-shirt and it's doing pretty well. So, um, yeah, that it's is called awesome. monetizing your brand. I, hear, yeah, you gotta, I tell you, that's my favorite T-shirt. I went on there checking it. I was like, "Dude, you got to check out this T-shirt. This is the best one." <laughs> I have. I'll be wearing it today. I'll be wearing it. Today. <laughs> it's awesome. So, what what do you consider to be uh, your favorite, or what is the best part about trucking, panel? The freedom. The freedom to do what I want when I want. Um, trucking allows me to um, fund all the other things that I want to do and all the other things that I want to do helps me with trucking. You know, right now rates are low, fuel is high and people, you know, Mm. I've had people ask me, well, how, how are you doing with the fuel? Well, it's not really affecting my bottom line because I have other streams of income. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The ones in spot who are exposed big time in spot right now, they're, they are, it's getting nervous out there. People are getting very, very nervous about what's going on in the market. Yeah. I agree. I, I, rightfully so. They should be. It's tough. How, so how tough are you? I mean, you're like, you're on good lanes. you got other sources of income. You can, you can weather this. You're building. You're insulating yourself from troubled, from troubled times. And you know what the worst times get? Then you can just up your, your media volume, right? You can just go in that direction. Yeah. You can guide some of these drivers about how to, how to hibernate a little bit when winter comes, right? Sure. You don't want to be moving your truck and not making any money. What no, you, you definitely don't. What's the biggest line of bullshit you've heard so far, though, while being a truck driver? <laughs> <laughs> She's going down the list right uh, now. <laughs> yeah, I think the best one, I've, I've seen something recently where a guy said he, he made 4000 for set, going 700 miles. It took everything in me not to, you know, go in on him about that. Yeah. Because, yeah. again, uh, that's, that's, that's. I, I I have a it's kind of a pet peeve of mine when people get on social media and they cap because that is leading people down the wrong path of the and the, giving them the wrong impression about trucking and why they should be getting into this. You have people spending their last to get into this and then ultimately if they get in for the wrong reasons they're gonna fail. So um yeah, that probably was the latest that I've seen. Yeah, that's but not I, a good one. Yeah, the one uppers bother me as well. So if, if you could change one thing about the business, uh, Pamela, what, what would it be? Um, I'll, just, I'll just say rates. Mm. <laughs> Give us better rates. Um, I think, and I also think that drivers, we need, to, we need a little bit more respect. I think that America, a lot of times, they tend to put us 
we're out of sight, out of mind. And there's, there's a lot of sacrifice being made out here. Um, people are away from their homes, their families, uh, just so other families could eat and have clothes on their backs. And um, a lot of times we, we are being treated like, I don't know if I can curse, but we're being treated like dogs. Yeah. You know, and I think that that should definitely change for real, for real, because we're humans, too. Well, Pamela, yeah. I got to say, I think that what you are, what you were doing, what other influencers doing, what we're trying to do on our brand new site, backthetruckup.com, where we have hired drivers, driver point of views to to relay the news and these issues directly to a driver audience and a broker audience. And, you know, we have some connections with the C-suite, too. So we're trying to build a bridge here so people better understand what drivers go through. And it doesn't just become that pandering sort of media hashtag of thank a trucker that everyone forgets about and you do nothing. Sort of that, that sort of slack, I guess, it was like slacktivism or slack love that people uh, give there. Well, be- slacktivism. Slacktivism. What, <laughs> like what's, what's next for you? Where does uh, where's the road take you from here? Ooh, if I tell you guys this, then this would definitely be an exclusive. Yeah. Um, right now, I'm positioning myself to um, be a mental health advocate. Of course, I'm the new driver's advocate, of course. Uh, to be a mental health advocate and to do prevention and intervention for larger corporations. Um, maybe go in and speak with uh, the new drivers so I can give them a, a realistic idea of what to expect mentally. Uh, and physically, emotionally, when they get onto the trainer's truck. So maybe that will, um, it'll it'll keep driver retention for major corporations. So that's what I'm in the process of doing right now. I love that, I love you, I love that you said in intervention, too. It's something that we stress on here often, especially when the driver shortage comes up. We always talk about the issues with retention in this industry and how there needs to be a, a focus on there. And um, And I love that people like you, you seem like the right people to be doing it, are getting involved with that kind of side of the business to really get drivers straight. And you've mentioned a lot of times, people come here all the time, they go, oh, the wrong driver has been brought in. Well, a lot of times it's because they haven't gotten the right training. They, yeah. Maybe they saw a fake rate, cron, a rate con online, yeah. someone flexing, saying you get $4,000 going 100 miles. All that BS. None of that, none of that uh, is true. You need some real talk. Yeah, they, you gotta you gotta look in that, yourself and see how did you get that wrong driver. Pamela, they want that real talk. Let's throw some uh, let's throw some plugs out here for you. Throw your charity out again. Throw your socials out there. Let people know how they find you. Okay, so I'm on every social media platform that you can probably think of um, at Pamela Baby. Um, my biggest platforms are TikTok and Instagram. So please do follow there. Also, you can follow my nonprofit at Sunshine for Truckers on Instagram. And the website, again, is sunshineforetruckers.org. Also, I'm a consultant. If you want and you need help with monetizing your brand, you can always book me. Um, that's pretty much it, what I have going on right now. Outside that's all? Outside of being an owner-operator my thing. Yeah. That's enough. <laughs> that that's, that's it. That's all she's doing. She, that's all she's doing. She's she's doing <laughs> she's enough. You're doing man. hey, you're doing great. You're doing a great job out there. Thank you for coming on. We look forward to catching up with you again down the road. Best of luck too at that intervention project. It sounds really cool. Thank you. I thank you guys for sharing your platform with me. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Pamula Baby. Pamula Baby. Good yeah, stuff. I go, love it. Go throw her a follow on TikTok. I'll throw her uh, her links and stuff in there. Before we send you home, let's get it. to a little big deal, little deal. Big deal. 
So this one, this one we're going to get into here. You know a bit about this because you have been sourcing the recycled plastic for your, your picks, right? The sea plastic. Yeah, I've got picks. some friends being affected here. What's up in South Africa? South Africa has been hitting, been hitting by uh, cyclone rains over the last weeks. A bunch of cyclones hitting there, a couple of them actually hitting there. And this is really the start of their drier season. So this is very, very odd. And they've got, we've got some videos and stuff like that we can toss up here. Um, but th these are, for instance, building apartments oh, wow. right along the coast where it's just blasting right through the middle of this building. Over a year's worth of rain in less than 48 is that hours. Like a, is that like an alley between the buildings? Well, there's the some building? that's an alley and there's some just blowing right through the middle of the building because wow. they've not seen rains like this type of stuff in such a long, long time. There's widespread mass destruction there that's crazy. Even a water main break that occurred there leaving... Uh, Last count was somewhere around 4 million people in Durban and around KwaZulu-Natal have no power and no water, possibly for four to five weeks. I think you have more videos, oh, too, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, there's Can more videos that are, that are out there. I don't know yes. if they want to cut to the, cut the, to the next, next one, one there. But you've got, um, yeah, can you guys cut to the next uh, video there? Oh, he's got them all together. Okay, okay just cool. cut the video. Let's cut. All right. We're good. Yeah, there's uh, so yeah, you can cut the whole thing, but it, it's there. So there's we've got over. There we go. We there. have a whole other video. It's right there. There you go. This oh, is yeah. a good one. This is a this used to be a highway, my friend. Uh, this is a highway going up and down the coast right there with all these rains. You can see the other side of this, and you'll see the division right there. But you've got uh, containers being flooded, uh, floated right out of the port. Port's been shut down. It was shut down last week. So I saw a picture uh, of the port online. I saw a video report of the port from someone in yeah. South African news agency, and it was showing all the containers had been tossed like. Way off the side, there's a huge stack of them, just just, yeah. just tons and tons of shipping containers. Yeah, they look like Legos just being tossed. And yeah. now they've shut down the port there. It's total gridlock that's over there, and they're trying to figure out. There's the official news outlet there where they shut down the, the port of Durban. Not a huge port for the rest of the world, but for them, yeah, absolutely bad so news. So big issue, anything people can do to help. Yeah, so there's two places that are there that my friends on the uh, uh, on the ground there say you can go to is gift uh, giftofthegivers.org and foodforwardsa.org are too uh, reliable if you'd like to help take care of those four million people in bad shape out there right now. Uh, yeah, that looks pretty rough. Did yeah. they have any estimation on when they plan to quickly They say up? water and power maybe four weeks. Take a long time. Uh, take, take a long, a long time. time. All right, yeah. here's another big deal, little deal. Not enough electric batteries, right? MarketWatch reports that Rivian Automotive CEO RJ Scarange, he is warning that the auto industry could face a looming shortage of battery supplies for electric vehicles, a challenge that he says could surpass the current ship shortage challenge. And if you've been paying attention, this would not be too out of line. There's, there's been a lot of talk about the minerals that are getting harder to grind. Elon, harder to mine. Uh, Elon Musk has mentioned this as well. And he said the price is just escalating on these things, right? Yeah. So they're trying to make these affordable, trying to subsidize them to get people. There's all these new regulations coming in with the ports. We need these trucks. And a lot of, remember, we'd always be like, the grid can't handle it. Well, before we even get to the grid, we need the batteries. Car companies, yeah. you know, they're trying to lock up these limited supplies of raw materials. So now there's a huge bidding cycle going on on cobalt, lithium, and nickel. Uh, another reason he's probably you know, a little upset here, he's trying to build his cars and keep them affordable. He says, put very simply, all the world's cell production combined represents under 10% of what we need in 10 years. Oh, wow. Uh, meaning 90% to 95% of the supply chain for what electronic vehicles is not even built yet. What do you think? Big deal? 
uh, it's a, it's a it's a it's a really big deal, right? Because just looking at the at the grid was a big deal to overcome, and we need these we need alternative energy. There's no doubt about that. We need yeah. to do something, right? We're killing this place. So where are we going to find these? This is a huge deal. And what are we going to do about trucks who have massive? Ma we just saw one yeah. on Friday. They have massive, right. massive batteries with these these things at the state that they're in. They can they. They can have challenge plugging into the grid. Sure. They can need outside generators kind of defeating the purpose. I mean, there's a lot of different things Absolutely. that are going on in battery right now. Perhaps, I agree. It's a huge uh, challenge. Perhaps uh, Artemis helps us. We can mine Mars or something like that. Maybe. Yeah, these <laughs> asteroids. Yeah. Let's get to something really important, dude. Yeah. Lucky Charms is going to have a recall policy Why? here. Well, <laughs> News 9 reports the U.S. Food and Drug Administration is investigating Lucky Charms cereal after dozens of customers complain of illness after eating it, my friend. Huh. Yeah, several hundred people have also posted on food safety website, uh, IWasPoisoned.com, complaining of nausea, oh, diarrhea, and website. vomiting. I was, that's my note. Uh, IWasPoisoned.com. Is that right? <laughs> Did you own that? And you, so, you sold it? Yeah, but so General Mills sells, they're, they're, they're still magically delicious, my friend. We can't find anything that's wrong with you. There's no evidence for a recall. So you just said there was a recall. Oh, well, I said there possibly oh, well, could it sounds be like they recall. have no interest in doing a recall. It doesn't sound like they do. Well, they that can't sounds find like, anything wrong. Then that sounds like a big deal. That, like, that, you know, first of all, you shouldn't be messing with the Lucky Charms supply chain. My only no. question, if I was an investigator, I'd want to ask these people who got sick, did you eat, like, this, did you eat the cereal or did you do what you're supposed to do and just eat the marshmallows? Because that's yeah. what you're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, if you're talking about adults and stuff like that that regularly eat Lucky Charms, I can guess at a few things that are making them sick. Well, you know, <laughs> my, <laughs> just saying. Maybe they have kids now. So my kids are. My wife banned Lucky Charms and cereals like that though, because my kids they just eat, and I oh, do yeah. too. I just they eat, the eat until they get sick. Yeah, I put it through like a colander, <laughs> and I just like dump, dump, you know, and you let you sift it through, and you just keep the marshmallows. Oh yeah, yeah, but then when you got to soak the milk and keep the milk, because the cereal milk after Lucky Charms is delicious. It sure is. If well, you like that type of thing. A Nashville <laughs> man, he, uh, he fell through the roof of a women's restroom. According to sure ABC Nashville, a man is arrested after oddly fighting his way into the women's restroom <laughs> at a Nashville honky-tonk. Uh, Jesse Clute, 24, it's about the age that something like that might happen to you. Yeah, he sure. fell through the ceiling into the women's bathroom of the honky-tonk central on Broadway early Saturday morning. And I think we have a video of the incident. Okay. Is that the restroom? You sure oh. that's a restroom? <laughs> How often does this happen? How often does this happen? He's Every day. You're just like, hi, Ron. Hey, Ron. Like, hey, you're late for work. <laughs> I think we need to know more about this. Uh, I mean, is it a big deal? A little? He's been fined $2,000. No, he had the damage estimate $2,000. He's out on bail. He had to get bailed out over this thing. He had to get bailed out over that? I think somebody needs to explain how that the floor caved in is what I'd be asking. Well, wait, do you, think it, do you think it was like revenge of, like, it, was it a nefarious thing? Was he above the women's restroom because he was, he was spying on people going to the bathroom? Yeah, uh, it's possible, I guess. And then he fell through because he made the hole too big. Yeah, maybe he's a heavier guy or maybe <laughs> it was a weaker. Maybe they had, you know, that kind of particle board you put up and it just kind of covers the ceiling. I don't you can know. easily move it and, you know, hide your stash or whatever you want. Yeah, it could be. Could I don't know. We need to know a lot more about it. We do need to know, we need a, lot know a lot more about it. Hey, you want to see the save of the week? I do. Let's I see. Let's take a look at this video. What the heck? Holy crap. Holy crap. What is this? What? All right, so. Wow. What you just heard there wow. or saw there is there's this there's following behind a bobtailing semi truck and yeah. a box truck. And they're on the part of the highway. You know when highways split off onto exits and there's, yeah. there's a two lane exit splitting off to the right. And then there's four lanes to the left, which you can stay on. 
this box truck is over in the far right lane, just zoned out or something. He's going to go off the exit, and he decides at the very last minute to take almost a 90-degree turn off, off the exit and back onto the highway, cutting off this this bobtailing semi, right? Yeah. And this, this, I believe that's a Volvo, if I can tell from this distance here. The guy in the Volvo, or girl, he, they saved this thing with this fishtail maneuver. Good thing for them it wasn't overly windy or they weren't carrying a box behind them. Yeah, I mean, this is the save of the week. That is some skill and luck and paying attention. Unbelievable. Yeah, heads up, driver. Like, wow. you, one thing I've noticed, too, reviewing a lot of dash cam and dash cam safety video yeah. is a lot of times drivers are on the ball, and a lot of times they can't stop it just because the vehicle is too heavy. It's oh, yeah, not yeah, necessarily yeah. – and I'm not saying there are drivers who – there are drivers out there who haven't paid attention, but just sure. a lot of the ones I've seen have just amazing saves. That's what I'm saying. There was luck involved there. If he had a trailer behind him fully loaded, probably doesn't make that save. Backthetruckup.com. Find me at Timothy Dooner. That's D-O-O-N-E-R. Find him at Vincent the Dude. We'll be back Wednesday. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts or download the Freightways TV app. Tell him, wait, don't be a stranger and tell him how to be. (laughs) Peace and love. Spread it everywhere.